Welcome to Ask the Therapist, a monthly podcast for everyone who's interested in how our minds work, building resilience through journaling and all things therapy. I'm your host, Sarah Rees, a mental health nurse and CBT therapist with over 20 years of experience in the field of mental health. Hello and welcome to this episode of Ask the Therapist. My name's Sarah Rees and today I'm going to be talking about uncertainty and how to manage uncertainty. This episode is a bit of a follow-on from the previous episode I did on worry because I've been busy writing about worry at the moment due to the worry workshop that I've just been putting together. An intolerance of uncertainty plays a big role in worry and actually it plays a big role in a number of really common anxieties and therefore I think uncertainty and not liking uncertainty deserves an episode all to its pretty little self. I think not liking uncertainty is really universal for us humans, but for some of us, it can be really more problematic and lead to a lot of anxiety. So first, let's look at what is uncertainty. So uncertainty is not being sure, not knowing the outcome, not being able to rely on an outcome or being definite about something, not completely being confident or sure of the outcome or something that's going on around you. We've all been through a global pandemic, which has been a huge source of uncertainty. Almost everything we had been sure of just completely disappeared overnight. So we've all, we all know about uncertainty. And it's interesting in clinics, sometimes I'll say to people, do you like uncertainty? And people who really struggle with it go, No, they don't at all. They really strive for certainty in their lives. When people struggle with uncertainty, when it's problematic, it can feel almost like an allergy, so almost like hay fever. So even a small amount of uncertainty can feel begin to feel really difficult. So why do we struggle with uncertainty? Well, as humans, we love routine, don't we? We are natural creatures of habit who like order and certainty to know that there are steps one, two and three. We go to the same shops and buy the same things. And this all provides us with a feeling of safety. Our brains are always looking for safety, comfort and familiarity because we're built for survival. Feeling safe is important to us and it reduces our feeling of stress. For most of us, we have an innate need to reduce uncertainty in our lives and try and have as much certainty as possible. I know some people are free spirits and love wild, unpredictable lives, but generally routine and sameness kind of wins out. So in my clinical practice, I see many people who struggle with uncertainty, and this is often developed through a number of factors. And I thought it might be interesting to share with you how and why uncertainty can become a problem for some people. So sometimes a person that I'll see in clinic has had a lot of uncertainty in their lives, such as lots of house moves, relationship changes, losses or changes in jobs. And this can really exacerbate not liking uncertainty, especially if these things are out of your control or happen close together. So sometimes house moves, relationship endings and things changing around us, you know, they say, don't know, there is that saying, you know, things come in threes. 
it all happens together. And then I think for some people, and for all of us really, when we have a clump of things that happen together, it just knocks our resilience and we we like, okay, just for a period of time, I want everything to stay calm and settled when I get back on my feet. And sometimes something else comes along. That This is just life, isn't it? So I definitely see people where they wouldn't have maybe previously said they struggled with uncertainty, but have had a number of things, just one after the other, that has created a lot of uncertainty and their resilience has gone down. And COVID is another example that I just mentioned before, that it was just thrown at us out of our control. And then interestingly, I see some people who come to clinic who haven't had much uncertainty. And I think, well, how has this developed? And what we find is that they actually do jobs where they spend their day to day looking for uncertainty and risks and planning for them. So they get really good at problem spotting and then it just trips into their everyday lives. I also see people who struggle with uncertainty because they've had no changes at all in their life. So everything has been really safe and very, very certain and settled for them but they have an awareness that this experience will change and they will have to face some uncertainty at some point and because they have never had it they've never built up any tolerance to it and they're aware this will create stress for them so they really end up working very hard on avoiding it so they're kind of the three main presentations of people um, that I see who struggle with worry. So you might recognise yourself in one of those if uncertainty is something you really don't like. And sometimes we also have beliefs about ourselves that are not always accurate, but our belief systems can sometimes fuel how we function. For example, some beliefs around uncertainty might be I don't cope well or I won't cope well, I don't manage planned events or I can't manage anxiety or I have to be in control so uncertainty throws me out of control and I won't manage. Actually, wanting to be in control is often a key element fueling the problem of intolerance of uncertainty. So have a think about some of your beliefs and your belief systems. Is there anything around that that is kind of keeping an intolerance of uncertainty going. Now I want to move on to what's the problem with uncertainty? Well, nothing is certain apart from none of us are getting out of here alive and everything is constantly changing. In fact, our only certainty is change. So while we crave certainty, uncertainty is an unavoidable part of our lives. The magic secret to limiting uncertainty in your life and having none of it is to actually lock yourself away in a darkened room. And this would work. This would reduce uncertainty for you. But also it reduces any life and enjoyment. And not all uncertainty is bad. So the first step to kind of be more tolerant of uncertainty and managing uncertainty can really be around getting you to think is uncertainty such a bad thing is it really all that bad can you imagine a Christmas where you knew what every present was or never going somewhere new or knowing how every social engagement would play out 
there'd be no gossip because, you know, that's uncertainty. So I'm sure you can think of times in your life when uncertainty has been a real positive, a lovely surprise, a nice celebration, not planning a day that well, and those days turning out to be the best days. So a life with complete certainty, what would that mean and how boring would that be? And this kind of getting that flexibility with how you view uncertainty can be really useful in kind of loosening it a little bit and thinking, actually, I need to be okay with uncertainty. So I do appreciate, though, that high levels of constant uncertainty do cause us problems uncertainty fuels worry because worry is one way that we manage try and manage uncertainty and generally what worry is is thinking what if what if what if and that what if creates a lot more uncertainty in our life because everything feels uncertain because you're stuck in this future-based hypothetical way of thinking and it's just not good for our mental and therefore physical health in the long term and it's really unpleasant for as to live in in the short term. So focusing on reducing uncertainty is tiring and it prevents you from enjoying being just in the moment, just in the here and now. Often when we try and make things in our world as certain as possible, we have to be very in tune with everything that could go wrong as well. So this keeps you very danger focused. Your mindset becomes all focused on danger and what could go wrong and just generally can be an unhappy place to be if you're in it for long periods of time. It's time consuming, the efforts to prevent uncertainty and we just can't avoid it. So bingo players, for example, they work and have to tolerate lots of uncertainty and they never know if they're going to win. So to try and increase certainty, they have special pens, they sit at the right table and they have good luck charms everywhere and special socks. And so this is one example of how when we are uncertain, we try and put in place lots of certainty, ways to increase certainty. So let's move on now to how we can manage uncertainty. There are unhelpful and helpful ways to manage uncertainty. The unhelpful ways can make us feel better in the short term, but cause us lots of problems in the longer term, as the strategies, like we've just mentioned, are tiring and cause us stress. So if you want to manage uncertainty, there are two ways to do it. One is to increase complete certainty in your life, which is exhausting and unachievable. And the other way, is to learn to tolerate and live with more uncertainty. So that really needs to be your aim. There are some common ways that people try and reduce uncertainty in their lives. So, you know, we've talked about there being people putting lots of energy and strategies in place. And I'm going to talk through some of these now. So you might want to get a pen and paper. You might want to just hit pause on me now for a moment. And I'm going to talk through some of these strategies. I've just got a list in front of of myself and um, I'm going to go through this list and just see if you hit any of these, if you're doing any of these things. So some of the ways people manage uncertainty is to worry a lot. They do lots of what ifs, lots of over planning, not trying new things, analyse every possibility or outcome 
try and keep things very safe and very the same, avoid change, doing everything yourself so you're certain on the outcome, procrastination over decisions to prevent making the wrong decision, over-research of purchases and decisions to try and gain certainty that your decision is going to be right. So lots of research and gathering far too much information before you make a decision. Asking far too many questions to get to lots of information to be certain about things. Asking for lots of reassurance. That can reassurance is problematic. It's very common, but it's really problematic in lots of anxieties, really. Because if we were assured the first time, we would never have to ask for assurance again, which is reassurance. So if it's not working the first time, it's not going to work the second time. So you might have somebody around you that wants constant reassurance. And actually, if you give that, you're kind of maintaining the problem some of the time. So it's okay now and again, as with everything, balance. And if you're finding yourself always asking for reassurance, then you might be striving for certainty. Avoid making decisions completely, passing the responsibility of making decisions on to other people, checking and rechecking, going over planning and making lots and lots of lists. And as I read this out, doesn't it just sound all exhausting? Because uncertainty is part of our lives, really. The only way forward is to learn and develop ways to increase our tolerance to uncertainty. This means letting go of certainty and control. So you have to have a clear why. So consider what is your motivation to change and be able to tolerate more uncertainty in your life. You might be able to take more risks, say yes to more, have a more interesting and exciting time. You might be able to tolerate better when things don't go to plan with less stress be able to roll with the flow and have a more laid back approach to things in your life. Some of these ideas are are usually the key motivations for people to change. And another motivation is other people around you. As I was just saying that then, you know, being a person that can take risks, say yes to more, have an exciting time, tolerate things when things don't go to plan. If you can do that, you're an easier person to be around. It can be really difficult to spend time around somebody who is striving to reduce uncertainty all the time. Anxiety can be a little contagious as well and really unsettling for others around you. So if you're with somebody who is anxious and and trying to keep things very safe, it makes you very risk-focused as well. So when you want to change, I think one of the first things you need to do is create a good motivation, a good reason why it would be a good thing to change. And you might not fully be invested in that from the start, but I think it's worth spending time thinking about your why you want to tolerate more uncertainty. Because initially, while you get used to it, it's not nice. So you have to keep coming back to, I'm doing this for this, this and this reason. So then what you need to do if you're going to change is to really learn to spot it increasing awareness is always the first step to change deciding that it's something you want to improve on and each day just spend five minutes journaling about how you are currently managing uncertainty and what you are struggling with due to uncertainty 
The aim of writing it down and journaling is to help you become more aware of your mind, a more reflective observer of your mind, rather than just getting caught up in thoughts. So writing down what you are doing helps you to become more objective and it gives you a bit of distance from your thoughts. So getting it out of your head down on paper sometimes in itself is great at helping you to create a different perspective. So first step is to create your why and then start learning how to spot it and journaling is a great way of doing that. Another way to manage uncertainty is to really practice being in the moment. So developing a mindfulness practice would be a great thing to do because mindfulness, it's not just about meditating and relaxing. It's kind of like attention training as well. So you have a thought or a feeling, you notice it and then you come back to your breath. So you notice uncertainty or maybe lots of what ifs and kind of that uncertainty mindset and then you just come back to your breath. So you learn to be just in the moment. Uncertainty is very future focused, a future focused mindset. So training your mind to be more in the here and now is a great antidote and mindfulness therefore is a great tool for this. So I think for worry in general, I would be recommending people start mindfulness practice. Um, There's a a couple of phone apps. I use um, Calm. I really like that because it's a bit more visual. And I did used to use Headspace as well. And they're both really great tools. And there's so much out there that's free now on YouTube. So just a little Google search will get you lots of resources. Explore the advantages and disadvantages of your current strategies. Once you know more about how you're currently managing uncertainty, I went through that list before, people will recognise different ways they manage uncertainty. Go through each strategy and look at the advantages and disadvantages of managing it this way. So, for example, over-researching. So you want to buy a new mobile phone. Some people would research that for months and months. The reason you do this, so the advantages are that you have lots of information so that you make the best decision. But the disadvantages of that strategy are often they are unable to make a decision. You get so much information that it starts to contradict itself. So it becomes even more uncertain. So actually, a new way might be to kind of give yourself a time limit. I'm going to research this for one week. And I'm going to then list out the top five new phones and just choose one. You know, that's another thing as well. Lots of people avoid making decisions so just in case it's not the right decision. So practice making decisions. But if you're avoiding making decisions, what are the advantages of that? It keeps you safe. It makes you feel OK in the moment. But the disadvantages are often that you, you'll miss out on opportunities and maybe miss out on tickets for events and things like that. So you need to, it's getting flexibility in the way you think. I think that's the main aim of exploring the advantages and disadvantages for your strategies. And now probably the most disliked way to manage uncertainty. When I say this to people in clinic, I might get the odd eye roll going on, but it's to create as much uncertainty in your life as possible. So if you are really intolerant to uncertainty, so you've been, you know, really you're doing lots of strategies, you try and keep a very certain life, then 
if you want to change that, you really need to kind of push the boundary and do the opposite to get more balance and doing it in a very kind of specific way. So the most effective strategy is to allow more uncertainty. Creating and allowing more uncertainty in your life means that you will ultimately become more tolerant to the experience of uncertainty so it won't cause you as much anxiety and stress. So take more risks, break your routines, plan to do something different, let other people decide what you're going to have for your meal or where you're going to go. Start small and keep it simple, but keep at it. Do something new every day or create as much uncertainty as possible in as many ways as possible. Sounds horrible, doesn't it? But honestly, this is why you need to have an idea of what your why is. Be very clear about what your motivation to changing this is. Hopefully you can see the limitations of living a life where you're trying to increase certainty rather than allowing more uncertainty. And our brain is just like a muscle. So however you choose to work it, you will develop it. Allowing more uncertainty in your life builds tolerance to change and uncertainty and ultimately will make you more resilient to it. And then the long term will be that you have less stress and less anxiety. The next thing to consider when managing uncertainty is really focusing on letting go of what ifs the what if worry spiral. So if you've not listened to my last episode on worry, you might want to go and have a listen because I focus a bit more on this. But if you are struggling with uncertainty, it's likely you are worrying a lot too and often have the what if question flying around your mind a lot. A what if always leads to another what if and before you know it, you've spiraled into some very imaginative, hypothetical but scary scenarios in your mind So spot it and really work at letting go of it. Next is acceptance. Practicing acceptance on what we cannot control is a much more peaceful way to live. It's about not striving, not resisting. It's about allowing, almost leaning into uncertainty. We can only do our best each day and then accept the uncertainty of our lives so we can roll with the changes. There's a good saying, what we resist persists. So when we want certainty, we often find that we live with a lot more uncertainty. Lean into uncertainty, allow it. We need to be able to manage the kind of physiological feelings of uncertainty. It can feel very stressful and anxious in your body. Even though nothing threatening is happening out there, the possibility of threat and uncertainty can feel awful in your body. Your body will react to that stress. And so often we try and think our way out of anxiety and it's really useful to actually focus on your body instead. So notice where the anxiety in your body is and work with your physiology. Where is it in your body? Notice that feeling, breathe into the area, calming your body down, also calms your thinking down. So instead of trying to think your way to a certain place, try and calm your body. Calm body equals calm mind. And also sometimes just getting out and doing some exercise gets rid of the adrenaline and cortisol, the stress hormones in your body. And this can really help your thinking get a lot clearer. So just before we finish and wrap up this episode, I just want you to consider the benefits of living a life where you're tolerating and allowing a lot more uncertainty in your life. 
you will worry less. You'll take more risks. You'll have more excitement, more fun. You'll be easier to be around. You'll feel less anxious. You'll be more confident in making decisions. You'll be laid back and you'll live life more in the moment. And you'll actually be in a much better position to deal with uncertainty as it happens. So if you think about when something goes wrong and something unexpected happens, do you want the person that's really highly strung and stressed there? Or do you want the person that's coming from a very calm and settled mindset? So the more you can tolerate uncertainty, you're in a better position to deal with it. Now, if that doesn't give you motivation to leave today's episode and start thinking of uncertain things to do people around you are just going to be like what are they on being doing different things and taking risks and all sorts so just before we wrap up what are the key learning points I suppose the more we go for certainty the less certainty you'll have and the more anxious you'll feel increase your tolerance to uncertainty by leaning into uncertainty, taking more risks, making more decisions and focus on what you can control in this moment, not in the future. Writing it out gets it out of your head, down on paper, gives you more clarity, gives you an ability to be more objective about what you're doing and how you're thinking. And sometimes we can just let it go by writing it out. And I'm going to leave you with a quote that I think I found on Pinterest and I think I found who wrote it. I think it was a lady called Mandy Hale, I hope. And she says, when nothing is certain in life, anything is possible. Embrace the uncertainty. Enjoy the beauty of becoming. When nothing is certain, anything is possible. And I'll leave you with that thought. Have a lovely rest of your day. Thank you for listening to As A Therapist. For more information about the CBT Journal, visit my website at saradreese.co.uk. You can also sign up to download your free guide to building emotional resilience, delivered straight to your inbox. You will then also receive regular newsletters where I share my blog posts, podcasts, and tips and strategies for better mental health and psychological resilience. Don't forget to review and subscribe to the podcast and you can also share episodes on social media using the hashtag AskTheTherapist. This episode was written and presented by me, Sarah Rees, and edited by Big Tent Media and produced by Emily Crosby Media.